the kid harm, but his mother should suffer that horrific ordeal so she'll learn how to manage her child. Sort of a harsh lesson, don't you think? Man, there's not a year goes by, not a year, that I don't read about some escalator accident involving some bastard kid that could have been easily avoided had some parent, I don't care which one, but some parent conditioned him to fear and respect <laughs> that escalator. One. Wow, look who it is. Welcome, 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 welcome back to the VHS Club. I'm winning tonight. Um, I autocorrected Mallrats to Mallards. I didn't. I didn't. But if you caught that, that's that's our own Easter egg for you. On our little you're ticker welcome. tape at the you're top welcome. of the screen. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Oh, you're here hanging out at the VHS Club, and we are re-watching movies that we've likely already seen. But it sounds like it sounds like Josh, who's hanging out in our live studio audience. So shout out to Josh. Josh has not seen any of Kevin Smith's movies, so now's your chance, Josh. We we you know now's your chance. Dan chose this one for tonight, and and we have feelings and thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the Mallrats episode, everyone. Welcome, welcome. Smoochie moochie, <laughs> going good. I have to say, when we were rewatching this, I was like. This might go really badly. I like I remember the iconic <laughs> scenes. I remember, you know, obviously the escalator, the dead kid on the escalator. Um, you know, you you remember a lot of the iconic stuff. Um yeah. it actually held up and not just held up, because I was like, for sure, this is gonna be some like bro nineties, like yeah, raunchy macho. comedy. Yep. And it's not. I like immediately at the no. beginning of the movie, I'm like, oh, Kevin Smith films from the female gaze. He <laughs> loves and appreciates women. He loves strong, intelligent women. He gave all the best dialogue predominantly to women in this mm-hmm. film. I'm like, oh, I'm like, that was a pleasant surprise. I didn't remember that. <laughs> like, yeah. It was, yeah, I mean, also it was raunchy. Up. It was hilarious. It was, you know. <laughs> Oh, oh my goodness well i um i'm already I, i'm already laughing so keep it keep it coming uh paul is hanging out with us here in live studio audience as always he says he may never eat a chocolate covered pretzel again uh yeah no, no. me me neither um definitely definitely some iconic moments i like chocolate covered pretzels but it, I, it came rushing back to me at the end of this movie i was like oh no no, no, no. I mean, no, no. maybe this instilled some sort of trauma for me, and I just never liked them. But also, <laughs> pretzels, pretzels are just really dry. <laughs> like, I don't get it. I'm like, salty, good, dry, bad. Why? Why do people oh. like eating sawdust? Oh but, my gosh. You know. Well, I could. I think I could do the movie recap this time around. I'm, I'm Let's getting. Do be- it. I'm getting better at keeping it brief. Are you all ready? <laughs> <laughs> so this one, this one is uh is the second movie in a. Not really a series, but a, 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 yeah. I guess a series of movies that are all in the kind of the same universe. Uh, and they're all written and directed by Kevin Smith, who we just said is iconic. This movie uh, stars two very deluded, slightly broken men whose girlfriends have broken up with them for all the obvious reasons. And they are spending the day in their favorite place, the mall, thinking about it and talking about it and trying to figure out whether or not they want to win their girlfriends back. Uh, and and 
it's just glorious. There's this whole collection of mall rats who spend all of their time in the mall in one way or the other. And every character is good. It's not, there's, in my humble opinion, there is not a single character that I'm like, oh, come on, like, eye roll. They're all great in their own way. Even Ben Affleck, who who does a, a cameo, I guess, really, as, as like the iconic bad guy in the movie. He, even he douche. is fantastic in this. Yeah, he's a total douche. Yeah. And other than like a couple of words that we don't use anymore, like it's, it's pretty, it's pretty solid. And as Nat was saying, the, the dialogue in this movie, I think is what really gets it for me at like, if you've not yet figured this out about Nat and I, welcome. <laughs> we are really big fans of movies that have like really, are really strong character driven movies with really even somewhat over the top dialogue that's quotable and fun to listen to fast paced deep conversations and this movie delivers on all of those fronts so so take it or leave it if this is you know if this is not a thing that you're into and you're looking for like some kind of uh, super deep plot this is not the film for you but if you're looking for just like really great dialogue and really iconic spaces and places that give you all the feels this is this is a solid choice Good job, I, Dan. <laughs> I mean, I do feel that there is... So at the beginning of the movie, like, you see the guys are... To use a very commonly used word now that none of us knew then, uh, the boys don't have any emotional intelligence. No. And that's like a stereotype that men are <laughs> not emotionally intelligent. I mean, it's also kind of a fact that men have on average lower emotional intelligence than women. And that immediately is like one of the first things that Kevin Smith presents us with. Like these two guys, they're best friends, both their girlfriends break up with them on the same day um, for, I mean, different little reasons, but basically because their boyfriends are emotionally stunted. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like, I find that's, that's actually really interesting. And it's sort of this like personal growth that these guys mm-hmm. go through this movie with all their little hijinks in and At around the mall. The mall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, And it's a very palatable way to, like, to feed the audience this concept that there's nothing wrong with being a man and understanding feelings. (laughs) Yeah. It's, and it's interesting, like, again, I was really surprised rewatching this movie that that's what this movie was about. I'm like, oh, Kevin Smith, good for you, in for the win. (laughs) Yeah. And there's still a topic that we fight. Like, we have to fight for this conversation every day, still today, over, like, what, 30 years later, we're still talking about the same crap. But Kevin Smith got it back then, which is impressive. 1995. (laughs) And it's kind of clever because, like you said, it, they learn from each other. So these two kind of, like, you, you, as you said, perfectly, they, you know, they both were dumped for completely different reasons, but really the same reason and that they weren't paying yeah. enough attention to their girlfriends they didn't understand them they were they were just being kind of idiots it's not even thing. that they didn't understand the girls they just didn't understand how they felt themselves yes yeah. how they <laughs> like, that's, that's true really, how they like, felt themselves but what yeah. i lo- what i love about this is that so like they they learn from each other but they also learn from this collection of mall rat friends that they have who yeah. and included in this are like ex-girlfriends like uh, you know so it's like a it's a great collection of kind of both men and women of different ages and like each each one imparts some kind of (laughs) yes stan lee isn't it each one imparts some kind of like sage level wisdom to them and it it's just kind of glorious to see this i don't know it's i love i love kind of the the community growth aspect of it where it's they all like learn together and they're all like having these experiences and it it's sort of nice to see. That um, was the mall, though. The mall was... The was mall. I know, the mall. The social epicenter mm-hmm. of, like, every suburb, yeah. <laughs> guaranteed. Um, it was where kids went to go meet and to hang out. And because mm-hmm. there wasn't really any other space to do it. And then I remember in the 90s, like, at least our mall, they were kind of cracking down security. is like, no loitering. And it's like, well, where else are we supposed to all hang out? There's like yeah. 20 of us, you know, yeah. like, what are where are we supposed to go you know and it was i find that was kind of actually the downfall of malls is when they started kicking teenagers from hanging out in malls you know? yeah. <laughs> like, a little yeah. crazy but i think the so, mall really is its own, its own character in this movie which is absolutely fantastic. it really is yeah yeah 
and it's like something that's so lost and forgotten it's Mm -hmm. not at all this anymore but um so speaking of characters let's look through this pretty iconic cast Mm -hmm. okay like so jeremy london who was like the 90s heartthrob absolutely which lest we forget he was also a model and i think had a twin brother who was also an actor he had a twin brother who was in one of the other um shoot i don't i can't remember off the top of my head i could never in fact paul can fact check me but he's i believe he's in one of the other the twin is in one of the other kevin smith movies so they're identical twins Mm -hmm. if i remember yeah um we have uh jason lee who is my um (laughs) right okay i know jeremy london was the token hawkeye but let's be honest jason lee's very pretty i'm in it for like, the i'm in it for so like the looking. sarcastic Snark. f- snarky funny guy so we'll just yeah that's how it goes yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> team jason and, <laughs> and the uh so shadon doherty was in it who was you know like 90210 famous at the time yeah um they even call have... her brenda at one point in the movie which is fantastic it's hilarious yeah. we had Gosh, who else was? Well, I mean, Kevin Smith, but he was in his own movie. He was freshly famous off of his indie film Clerks. Yeah. Clerks that Uh, come out the year prior or two years prior. So, but it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like the acclaim that Kevin Smith has today. Like Clerks Clerks has always been like a bit of an indie film. And certainly, you know, his movies got more, more popular and more of a cult following as they went forward. So he was by no means famous. He doesn't talk. I think he has like one line or two lines in this entire movie as well. So, no, well, he's called Silent he's Bob. He's called movies, Silent he Bob. He doesn't yeah. actually talk. <laughs> he kind of grunts while he's trying to use the force, like, mm-hmm. but that's about it. We yeah. had Claire uh, Forlani. Claire Forlani, yep. Gorgeous. She's stunning. Ridiculous. She was also yeah. kind of the it girl of mm-hmm. the time in these sort of 90s movies. Um, mm-hmm. I had recognized her because she's British. She's English, I believe. She's from like. So she's from other things. This was kind of more of her sort of intro to American things, mm-hmm. which I it always bothered me how terrible her accent is. Cause I'm like, you sound like you, you're hiding it poorly. <laughs> like her enunciation of certain words. I'm like, well, that's proper, <laughs> but beautiful, gorgeous. And then we had um, Joey Lauren Adams who played Gwen. She's the one mm-hmm. with that sort of like husky yet squeaky voice. The, she's the one she's where... in Chasing Amy as well. She's in a ton of yeah. things. She was also in a ton of TV, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, I'm like, has she been on, like, every CSI and Law & Order as well? Like, everybody, I suppose. But... Sure. Anyways, it was just such a really good cast. And it was so... Um, yeah, it was Affleck. just... It's interesting. Yeah, and Ben Affleck. <laughs> he wasn't famous at the time. No. I mean, he was famous yeah. for playing the douchebag in this. I think of the Kevin Smith, like, sort of saga of films... He was finally famous when they made Dogma, oh, which came out. One. Was that after this one? I can't even remember. But it was a significant period. Yeah, Dogma is after. He... Dogma is after this one. I don't know if it's right. Right after Josh has, I don't think um, it's right has after, told me but... that. So Clerks came out in 1994, so and this one is 1995. Okay. So it's Clerks and then Mallrats, and I I believe Dogma might be Chasing Amy and then Dogma. Someone will someone will correct. Oh me yes, there, but... Chasing Amy and then Dogma. You're right. Yeah. I remember Dogma had Alanis Morissette and Matt Damon was also in it because I think they were fresh off of, um, how about them apples? Yeah. Whatever. What was that? <laughs> Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> like, I, can't oh, even, man. I can't even answer because it's just too great. How about them apples? Let's <laughs> rename the movie. It's, that's a good name. <laughs> I do also love like this early on in Ben Affleck's career, like the Boston accent was like, he oh couldn't, yeah, he couldn't not like, it was just like, yeah. it was, it was pretty good. Yeah. so yeah uh, it was, well, anyways. and we should we should talk a little bit so so um dan who's hanging out with us in our live studio audience if you want to hang out in the live studio audience you've got to be here on youtube with us most thursday nights 9 p.m eastern while we're recording so if you're like hey wait a second what the heck this is why this is you have to hang out with us so dan um told us that we should watch this one and we were like absolutely we need to rewatch yes. this one um so dan was pointing out uh which is one of the facts that he sent uh in advance that jersey as you may not be aware nad and i'm only more recently aware is like yeah. the mall state <laughs> and so this this movie pretends to take place in in Jersey. It does not actually. It was actually filmed at a mall in Minnesota. And what's really funny about about this entire situation is that I guess the reason that they chose Minnesota is that the mall that they filmed in was largely like, 
I probably on the verge of going out of business. Like it had very few actual businesses, so they faked. It was one of those a whole bunch of business. Yeah, America. <laughs> well, like not entirely, but like it had so few businesses that they're like, oh, we can put in whatever we want, <laughs> different, different businesses. Yeah, but people who were still coming to the mall, I guess, like while they were filming, they they were. Well, not even they. they I, I assume that they knew that they were filming a movie there, but they they were going around putting fake license plate stickers on the front and back of people's oh, like on their license plates because they wanted any outdoor shots to make sure that it all looked like Jersey plates. And I suppose some people just drove off <laughs> with the fake That's New Jersey so license funny. plates, which is fantastic. <laughs> Hilarious. Like, probably one of my favorite facts. But um, but yeah, it sounds like you know. So Dan was saying that um. It was that it was a hundred percent, a thousand percent Jersey culture. I can't name all the towns around where I grew up, but I can name all the malls I went to. Yeah. So we we, we in the West For Island of Montreal, one suburban mall. <laughs> just yeah. one. Well, one big one. There was like a strip mall. Um, There's there a few no... malls. Well, there's also what I found super funny and relatable in this movie is so the the mall security are chasing them for various reasons various reasons there's a lot uh, of mall security i guess they were coming. filming something but they're you know so they're also chasing them and so mm. they leave the mall only to go to another mall they go to the flea market mall and i don't know if you I remember we used to market. have a flea market we used to have a flea market mall here i love a flea market i just and i, I used to buy had... my comics there too like at the flea market mall yeah <laughs> like oh no i'm jason lee <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um but and video yeah, games no, we used to buy like nintendo was... games there yeah at the flea market mall yeah i miss that yes. i miss malls but i definitely miss the flea market mall as well much more than the actual mall mm. malls were crazy mall culture was such a thing like getting like even like the setting up the stage in to film a tv show there i'm like they used to film stuff like that like episodes of game shows at the mall they used we used to have like celebrity appearances and Star autograph search. signings yeah. and we used to have um like concerts so go with me on this journey it's 90 <laughs> 1994 or 93 or 94 joey lawrence not only was he a famous movie star or tv star he was also the hottest pop idol mm -hmm. <laughs> i can't remember a single song he no i can't either but, but he was very we cute went, <laughs> we went to go see him at the mall. Not Katie and I, my friend Tanya and I. Oh, I was there. Go. We just weren't there together. But I was, <laughs> I was there at the mall. We went to go see Joey Lawrence perform mm -hmm. in the food court of mm -hmm. the mall. Sure and did. he didn't get to perform mm -mm. because the crowd was so insane. Yeah, it wasn't that organized. Security like this had movie. to walk him in <laughs> and then like drag him, him out. out. Yeah. And yeah. the thing is, we were late getting there, and we were at the, like the back like security door that led to like go downstairs and get out of the mall like literally like just the back stairwell that we no public access so we were like right next to there like practically standing in the toilet and joey lawrence walks by and stopped and said hi to us so nobody else got a joey lawrence performance but he said hi see i didn't even get <laughs> also i looked like i was like 11 because i was 11 so he was just stopping to say hi to like cute little kids being like ah! <laughs> you know, so, but man malls were crazy also when i worked at the mall mm -hmm. and this was back when we in our store we had to wear rollerblades because it was cool mm -hmm. uh when was that 99 or 2000 yeah, there. yeah and we had lanyards with all of our like flair on it which is another mm -hmm. 90s movie reference but so with all of our flair and we had headsets to talk to each other in the store because it was this massive, massive store. And S Club 7 was signing autographs at like the record shop. And we went up to go see. We didn't know who was there, but we knew it was mayhem in the mall. So we just went up and people thought we were mall security. We're like, obviously we're security. Hold up our lanyards like it's a badge. People let us in. We just got to the front of the line. We're like, oh, it's S Club. And they're like, oh, do you want autographs? We're like, we're good. I love S Club no. 7. They're, I do like S Club. They're cute. But yeah, it's malls were very different than they are now. Like, I don't even know how they're open anymore, but... They're not really. <laughs> there are yeah, a few of them here like, and there. Three quarters of the stores are closed. Yeah, they're not <laughs> really. They're not the same vibe. Oh, man. Well, oh. I, I'm trying to even, like... I just thoroughly enjoyed this one from start to finish. I'm trying to think about like specific things. I love the elevator scene. I love the 
I love the <laughs> recall on it. So again, I, like I think what makes this movie yeah. for me so brilliant is the dialogue and like how yeah. smart it is from start to finish. But so the scene we showed you at the beginning of the episode where he's complaining about the kid that's sitting on the escalator, it's like probably, I don't even know, 30 minutes later into the movie where there's like security guards running past them. And they're like, hurry, there's a kid stuck in the escalator. <laughs> like, it's just like the ridiculousness of the recall on this movie is uh, fantastic. Like from start to finish. Uh, Jay and Silent Bob are awesome. Yeah. Like everything about their characters should like if you explained it to me should make me be like i don't know this doesn't sound like something for me they don't even but belong so, in this movie they don't even belong like in this they're movie. not they're even just... a part of the movie they just are like two guys is that everybody else in the movie actually like they know them yeah. <laughs> like they their characters are more like of sort of this stoner jokes and yeah but they uh, save like, the day nerdy stuff and yeah. what i loved about the elevator scene a was shannon doherty's rapid fire delivery of a full-on monologue mm -hmm. i don't know how a human can speak that fast that was so impressive <laughs> and intelligent <laughs> and i also love when so she just broke up with brody jason lee mm -hmm. and he sees her waiting because she's started dating that same day ben affleck who's the douchebag that works at the fancy men's clothing store so T.S. goes to distract him while Brody goes to get on the elevator with her and so he could talk to her and try and win her back. And Ben Affleck asks, like, ah, oh, did she get on the elevator? Maybe she already got off. And Jeremy London just like, like, T.S., he flat out is like, she's probably getting off. <laughs> like, and it's so non-pulsed. The scene yeah. switches immediately. It's like, if you don't, like you have to pay attention to hear these things and and it's funny because jeremy london's character ts didn't have a lot of the like fast talking quick wit you know like he wasn't the whip smart dialogue mm -hmm. he, you know he wasn't an idiot in the movie either but yeah subtle but it was more it was more brody played by jason lee that had the sort of like quick snarky comebacks and the sarcasm and the wit um yeah but that was <laughs> i really enjoyed that <laughs> Yeah, they're uh, they're fantastic. Well, there is a there's a, a fact I was I was sharing with you before we jumped on that made me really sad. So I'll share with everyone here. I was just saying how much I absolutely loved um, Jay and Silent Bob and Jay. So Silent Bob is played by um, Kevin Smith, who is the writer and director of this movie. And Jay is played by Jason Mewes, who's absolutely incredible in this role at like from start to finish and is just like I said, he's he makes me like him, even though I have never been like a big fan of stoner culture and I'm like a total prude when it comes to all of that. So I like I, sh I have no reason to like him and yet I do anyway. But apparently they just did not the and I don't think it was the it that certainly wasn't Kevin Smith, who's very good friends with um, with Jason in real life. But the I believe it was the studio did not want him in this role. So they actually hired Seth Green for this role and just had him on call for when they assumed that Jason would screw up the role. And I'm so happy that didn't happen, but I'm just so angry yeah. on both actors' behalf that, like, that Seth Green, who is an absolute sweetheart in real life from everything that I can see, would have to, like, own that feeling of just being like, oh, I don't like this, but okay. And Jason having to, like, have that over his shoulder was just kind of an awful part of this entire movie that I wish was not a thing. But I'm thrilled and happy that it didn't work out the way I guess it could have and I'm I'm super yeah. grateful to the team for fighting for him because I I really think he he's incredible in all these movies and as we've said there's it a gets bunch better of them. Yeah, and, it gets, <laughs> and it gets better so um not to say Seth Green is also fantastic I'm a huge fan of his as well but it would have been a very different movie with him yeah, I I also feel because like Clerks the first movie that made Kevin Smith was an independent film. It was filmed in like a box, basically, in, like in it took black all place. Yeah. yeah, it was in black and white, it, which was, I, they said it was an artistic choice. Um, it was just basically a guy who works at a video store talking, which he was in this, he played contestant number three in the dating game. It was the same, that was the lead guy from Clerks. Yeah, and they make it seem as though they're cousins, because again, it's a crossover universe, so they, yeah. so in Clerks, his name is Dante and um, Dante Hicks, and in this um, one, it was Gil Hicks. So it's they're yeah. they're supposed to be related. 
Yeah, there's a bunch um, of like yeah, crossover. So Jason Muse was Jason Muse was already in it, established as Jay of the iconic Jay and Silent Bob, which is in huge part what like their goofy lovable like hijinks kind of in the background of clerks is what made clerks you know mm -hmm. like it wasn't just and the dialogue of course because the, yeah. the dialogue is his thing but to replace him in this movie after that's already established and you're banking not just on hiring like all the hottest you know teen heartthrobs to be in this movie but you're also banking on the cult following that kevin smith has built from clerks to be in to come to this and it's like why but if you got rid of jason muse like if you got rid of jay that would really have ruined it you know like that would have i don't like that would have shook the the movie from from its like tight knit group that it came with so yeah there were apparently i'm not gonna list off like all the different actors because like every movie there was like a bajillion of you know now now very famous actors who uh, yeah. you know auditioned and were were in the running for almost all of these roles but one thing that I didn't I didn't realize because once again I'm not even kind of observant and I don't think anyone would actually get this so in my defense but the uh, I kept <laughs> wondering and thinking like so um Jason Lee's character Brody is wearing this like kind of weird looking t-shirt throughout the entire mm -hmm. movie with like a corduroy jacket over it and I'm like I love the corduroy what's with the t-shirt and I was the whole time I'm like maybe it's a comic book thing I'm not a big comic the book corduroy, person his skater shoes which yeah. is like yeah the <laughs> so the t-shirt the guy on the t-shirt so now I need to go back and look at it again the guy in the t-shirt is apparently a collection of every single actor that auditioned for the Brody role merged mm -hmm. into one face <laughs> I think that that is like the best thing ever. Like so I hope he still has that shirt. Who were the actors? Uh, I don't. Do um, I don't have all of them, but I. But yeah, looking through, there was like a bunch of pretty big names. I'll have to follow up and post. But it was it was absolutely amazing. <laughs> it was like that is fantastic. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm looking at Josh's comment. It's so true. Jason, Jason Hughes and Kevin and Kevin Smith are one of those teams that always work together. They're so like, I don't know. They're so pure in like their best friendness that it's fair. And they're so willing to help out any friend at any point. They're like, oh yeah, we yeah. were going to like, we were going to break that stage up anyway. <laughs> like, we were, like we were going to help out with that as it was. Yeah. They're, they're absolutely just perfect all the way through. I do love, so um Brody is a huge comic book fan mm -hmm. uh a little obsessive with it yeah and he finds out at the comic book store he goes you know he just wanted to go to the mall to help TS forget about both of them being dumped and he goes to the comic book store and there's this massive line and it says at least one hour wait and he's like what's going on and they're like oh the guy's in there and they're like who and then he finds out it's Stan Lee and he's like devastated because he's like I'm not waiting in this line. I can't, and I'm going to miss it. And I can't believe I didn't know. But then later, like he bumps into Stanley, which was by design from TS to help Brody with his, you know, emotional growth. <laughs> like where, so Stanley gives him this sort of Pep like talk. iconic yeah. speech, which was apparently from one of the comics. Um, where he's like, you know, I'm really upset about the one that I gave away, uh, the one that uh, got away and the like the girlfriend that got away that could have been his person and how he to help get over it. He created all these characters like Dr. Doom and all of his hard exterior shell was to help him survive his emotional damage from losing this girl and his hurt and whatever. So he goes through this whole speech that basically encourages Brody to be like, oh my God, like being in love with her is not a problem. Like it's okay. And I shouldn't like give up on my relationship because I really do like her. And I was pretending not to be upset about it and I'll win her back. And I just thought that was so funny and that it referenced like actual comics. <laughs> yeah. Stanley is iconic. I I've, um, I've been rewatching all the Marvel movies in order with my kids. And it's like, I think it's their favorite part ever is finding Stan in these movies. And I had to let them yeah. know that he's like only in, you know, up to a certain movie because he passes away, but, and they were like devastated. I well, have I mean, to admit, I was kind of like, right there with them. <laughs> like this yeah, is, but they this got is like, there's like 10 years of, 
as the Marvel Cinematic Universe for them to watch before he passes. So it's like, there's, <laughs> they, they've got so much content to go through. It'll take them a decade to get through it. But yeah, I gotta, uh, we I looked gotta... it up because like, when was his first cameo? And it was apparently on um, a Hulk movie in 1989 was the first time he started doing cameo in his I movies. And he's tried to always do it where, when possible with Marvel content. Yeah, it's Which funny. They so actually, perfect. so Kevin Smith and team didn't think that he would even want to be in the movie. So they were actually in the middle of trying to like hire a Stan Lee lookalike to like to be, to be, and who knows if he had, had like the same level of role in the original concept. But I guess someone reached out to him anyway and he was like, oh yeah, I'll go ahead and do that. So they were like, oh, awesome. So it worked, it worked yeah, out it very just, different than what it could have. Yeah, yeah, it became such a staple. Yeah. So the one controversial character, or like I guess bit in this movie mm-hmm. was for me was there was this fifteen-year-old girl who was sure, a senior yeah. in high school. Now all like so this cast of characters are they're in and college. around like yeah yeah like they're all in their twenties. Yeah. So he's like oh like Trish she's fifteen she's in she's a senior though she in high school she's super smart um you know she's like this genius and the whole thing about her character is that she's doing a social experiment about men like a men's sexuality and men's like emotional intelligence again to bring that up in um she's doing this by sleeping with as many men as possible and filming it and taking notes to write this book which at Mm -hmm. the end of the movie we find out you know, has been uh, New York's number one bestseller list for 72 weeks. And it's like they tried to make this underage kid sleeping with a bunch of men from the ages of, she said, 14 to 50 something. Yeah, she had like a pretty large range. Yeah. Yeah. And but so she's also sleep like so in her experiment, she's also sleeping with underage boys. But anyways, all this to say, it's a little weird. <laughs> and it's like they try to make it okay by being it's like um her parents consent to this. And what was the other thing? And they there and the like, men consent to it. The men consent to it and they consent to be videotaped. But then we find out that Ben Affleck didn't realize when the cops arrest him at the end of this that she was underage. And that's so it's like they don't know that she's underage. They yeah. consent to being filmed. And like, and her parents being like, yeah, this is okay. It's a science experiment and it's going to be published. Doesn't really make it better because she's a kid. Yeah. You I'm know? with you. It's, and it's, it's it was, a bummer I mean, because it's see. a, it's also like a pretty big plot device in the movie. Like yeah. it, it's only because of that. I mean, I, they certainly could have changed it and made something different, but it's basically only because she films Ben Affleck's skeezy, terrible character having sex with her that is the reason why Brody is able to make this like giant speech and save his girlfriend from the same fate. Right. But which then, but you're right. It is, it is interesting because it does feel like it's had Kevin Smith not written it the way he did. Like if like it, it raises a lot of red flags, even with Kevin Smith clearly adding in like, it's okay because like they all consent. She consents. Her parents have given permission. It's a science experiment. Yeah. Brody does introduce her as a kid and treats her like a kid. Yeah. He does kind of add in, but you could tell like in a joking way, like I'm still available if you want me for the experiment. Yeah. Ha ha ha. You know, but he does treat her, but I, it still made, I was still like, Oh like, yeah. Let's, let's not have underage kids. Yeah. Dan and I are actually on this, on the same page here. So I thought, so Dan, I, I read this the same way that Dan did that Ben Affleck's character knew she was underage but was playing dumb like at the end where he's like i didn't know like that that is how i took that as well but it's hard it's hard to say what the actual (laughs) what the actual truth was he was like what she's underage anyway whatever yeah that that part i mean he would have he i don't think his the way his character is portrayed he would have slept with an underage kid for sure (laughs) yeah for sure his character is about also tied into Jeremy London, him and Ben, uh, Jeremy London and Ben Affleck were engaged and confused, and Ben Affleck is also a mega douchebag in that one, and definitely, and Matthew McConaughey, ooh, creeps maybe me out. That's, maybe that's the one with his twin. We confused Paul um, earlier in, in our comments. It? So 
So Jeremy London has a twin. Jeremy London is yes. not twins with Jason <laughs> Jason Lee. They're, oh no, not. you are correct. On no, that, no, no. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he yeah. in real life the actor has a mm. twin. Oh, it could be his brother was in the other. So movie. I, I, I think that's people. what it is. I think I thought it, that his brother was in other Kevin Smith movies, but he's it's not. I think it, I think if I'm remembering correctly that his twin brother is in Dazed and Confused with Ben Affleck. And Ben Affleck wanted to be in this movie desperately. He wanted to be in Mallrats, like, desperately. And he was really upset that the only role that he was, like, able to play or that was able to get was another douchebag because he was a douchebag. So he's he was just like, oh, that's... It is Jason London. It is the other one. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I'm remembering the facts, you guys. At Um, least I can tell the Ashmore twins apart, speaking of (laughs) acting. Katie didn't realize. So there's two famous Canadian actors, but they're also in a lot of American content, like in the X-Men films uh, on The Rookie. Different people. Yeah, I didn't didn't know that they were... There are two different people. She found out like a month ago. She's like, they're they're different? There's two of them? I'm like, yes, they're very identical. <laughs> I Surrounded by no, twins. But I can yeah, tell them apart. Yeah, so Jeremy and Jason cannot, cannot tell them apart. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Well, I should we should talk a little bit about some of the um Easter eggs in this movie. I did not catch any of them because as we've said a number of times, I'm just not even okay, kind of observant. First off, but there's a Kevin lot. Smith shout outs to Canada. Yes, so Josh when, is pointing out a lot of them. So Kevin yeah. Smith loves Degrassi, which we also love Degrassi. Loved Degrassi. So there is a Degrassi jacket in this movie that Shannon Doherty yep. wears. And additional fun fact, Shannon somehow, because she's epic, negotiated into her contract that she got to keep all of the clothes that her character wears. Nice. So she, she, if you will notice, because she's clever and awesome, she actually changes outfits like a preposterous amount of times in this movie. Like every, <laughs> she was just like literally probably shopping as she's acting. She's like, I'm just going to put this on and now I get to keep it. And I'm just going to put this on. <laughs> so she, they're um, in a mall. yeah, they're in a mall, right? So, but yeah, she, she wears a Degrassi, um, I do love her again very 90s iconic look which I think a lot of the kids don't pick up on that it didn't it didn't make it back on this cycle of 90s it should it's the baseball tees Mm -hmm. like the white with the and but she had like the the baby tee where it had like the little cat sleeves for girls yeah um she had sort of that baseball tee on which was like such a good look (laughs) I mean guys if you want to wear a little like cap sleeve baby t go for it oh, Harry yeah. Styles probably what it would look good on him yeah what can what can we do about it yeah. <laughs> um so also so when she's breaking up with brody at the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. he's playing sega and he's playing an nhl game or a hockey game the team is the canucks <laughs> like he's like oh how many times do the canucks beat the whalers or whatever it is and yeah the whalers. the whalers are no longer a team so they're, yeah. no yeah. so like that's iconic and yeah. then what else? Oh, and how when they're talking about which they ask Jay what superhero he would be, and he's they suggest like the Hulk or whatever it is they suggest. He's like, no, Wolverine, who is Canadian. The character the character is Canadian. Mm-hmm. Wolverine, the superhero, is Canadian. <laughs> Just in case we didn't know. I didn't I didn't notice this one. Did you notice so there's a there's an Easter egg where when they're shopping at the flea market mall, apparently and I don't know if he buys it or if he just sees it, but T.S.'s character walks past and or maybe buys a clerk's hat, like baseball hat. Did not notice that. And I did not notice that, but I thought that was kind of fun. Um, so there's like, yeah, there's a decent amount of, in addition to a lot of obviously the same actors being in both, it was uh, it was fun that there's like all these hilarious, amazing moments. I So what I also liked was the they go to see a fortune teller at the flea market mall and she's putting on like (laughs) huge like accent and like Mm -hmm. stereotypical accent and uh she's trying to tell them their fortune and then she they're two guys in their 20s so she's like oh like to really get my psychic powers to work like i have to take my top off and Mm -hmm. she has three nipples and they're just like (laughs) well brody is is totally fine yeah, TS doesn't even like doesn't even, doesn't even notice. Yeah. Uh, he's like, "Oh, you have three nipples. Cool. Okay, so tell me about how to fix my relationship." And she just gives them solid advice, and it seems like she's very psychic. And then when she leaves, because you're like, "This is like," so the dialogue is pretty crass. Like Kevin Smith doesn't shy from that, but you're yeah. like, "Oh, this is a little like." And then after it's just a joke, she rips up the third nipple and she eats it like it's a like a, a 
pepperoni like a gummy bear or whatever yeah, like candy yeah. <laughs> and i'm just like that is so funny it's like even she has like this sort of gag and side hustle going and it's it's like all of the characters have this sort of cleverness to them that i <laughs> i enjoyed <laughs> third nipple snack i, I also. did I know I did. I did love so. Paul noticed the hat. So props, props to Paul. <laughs> he gets he gets surprised for noticing the hat. I um I'm with. So it's f- so funny. Dan says that he, the fortune teller scene he skips. I was always the person who like I distinctly remember that scene always and always was like ugh whatever I don't want to see the scene. And this time around I watched all the way through and I totally agree with you, Nat. It was that like it was yeah. It when I was originally watching it, it always came across as like crass for no real purpose, and I was like whatever I don't need to see this. But rewatching it, I do like it is actually pretty clever, like from start to finish. So yeah, I mean, she one. fully recognizes that they're not yeah, buying. She plays them. Yeah, completely plays them and helps them out. This is their like light bulb moment. But I like she's just like they're twenty year old boys. Like let me just take my top off. I, I also. You know, like, I'm like, you go, you get it, girl. <laughs> I also love that it, like, it totally flips it on its head. So, you know, so Brody is so, like, he's like, well, we've got to go see the, like, you know, the topless fortune teller and, like, blah, 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 topless fortune teller. And we've got to see this topless fortune teller. He's, like, so into it. And then the second she takes off her shirt, he literally cannot look at her. He's, like, hands, hands over his face, can't look at her, can't acknowledge her at all. So, like, she still wins, which is kind of fantastic. Like, she's not ogled because she's, yeah. And he just can't stop freaking out. Like, yeah. she's talking with T.S. They have a dialogue going. Yeah. And he's just in full panic meltdown. Yeah. 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 I also like at the beginning when Brody... So T.S. wants to try and make up with Brandy, his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. So before they go to the mall, they go to her house. But, like, so these news agencies and tabloids are following him around because at the beginning of the movie, the governor is at a cocktail party or fundraiser of some kind where brandy's dad is trying to get funding from her for his uh tv station Mm. and or to elevate his tv station from like local bumpkin like Mm -hmm. they read out the lottery to a network show so he uh ts is an actor and he is in some play where he's in some colonial garb, like uniform, a military uniform, and he has a musket. Uh, wildly, the musket is loaded with blanks. Um, and she, Brandy's on the roof doing some research homework or whatever for, for school. And he goes up to see her before his play and they have a fight and his musket get caught gets caught in her hair and the gun fires off and though it's blanks the the governor's security team like freaks out so then he's in the news for trying for trying to assassinate the governor which is not at all what happened it was just you know two 20 year olds having a ridiculous fight and why is his musket loaded like even with blanks like i it's a stage production obviously you don't live in new england (laughs) the muskets are always loaded with blanks they have them in like parades it's like just a thing around here i don't even know why guns and movies especially nowadays with all of our computer skills have blanks in them at all like why are there bullets and guns i i don't anyways i don't get it (laughs) but yeah but so all of that, he goes over. So the guy, the two guys the next morning go over to Brandy's so T.S. can try and apologize. And uh, Brody's like, I'll distract the news crew. It's a tabloid crew that's there. So he distracts them by saying, hey, I'm the neighbors. I live next to them this whole, like, for 20 years or whatever it is. And, you know, they're really into satanic rituals. And he starts describing all these satanic rituals and then gets the camera crews like, oh, and the newscasters like, oh, my God, this is the best story of all time. And they go up and they film the dad, like, dancing after getting out of the shower. Like, he's, you know, doing some, like, macho shadow boxing in his, this, the glare of his television and his towel drops. So they film him nude. I thought that was, scene was so funny. I think so now that you're like now that you're going through all this I agree I think that scene was awesome but also I love the I'm remembering kind of <laughs> I'm remembering that Brandy's father is my least favorite character even more so than oh, Tasha he's, he's like 
badly written and way over the top and if like if he was actually her father i'm really concerned for her well-being <laughs> like she's like got to be very damaged as a person she he's he's much for me he's i mean i know it's like he's meant to be kind of over the top and crazy but i'm like wow he's a lot like way over the yeah. top and way crazy yeah i i also love at the end of the movie so he's the one who's filming this dating show at the mall yeah and brandy one of the reasons that they start their fight, T.S. and Brandy, is because she's going to be the contestant on the show. The dad is using it as an excuse to break her and T.S. up. Meanwhile, a woman dies in order for, like, like they're, like, which is a little, like, I love how they just kind of, like, pass gloss over, over that glass. Over. They're, like, they're, like, she just, she just dies. She just, she's dead. And so we're so just going to kill it. Which I feel yeah. like the dad just made that all up to oh, get maybe. her, to yeah. her into going onto the show yeah. to find her a suitable boyfriend. Sure. Like, it, cause he basically admits like, I'm doing this to get rid of yeah. you because he's you're problematic. not good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's super problematic. He's super problematic. Yeah. So they're filming this in the mall and to get TS out of the mall, he calls the police. Yeah. And the police end up showing up once. So T.S.'s big plan to win her back is he's like, uh, Jay and Silent Bob are going to get the contestants really stoned. So then Brody and I have to go on to replace them. Yeah, it's a good plan. Good plan. And he wins her back by having a big fight with her again. It's like, sweetie, you need to get, get on with the... Anyways, they work it out in the end. It's great. But... Like, the whole police force comes out and are chasing them through the mall. Like, there's just, like, 20 cops there. And I'm like, but for what? Like, for what? Like, when this, like, executive producer of this show or whatever calls is like, hey, there's some kid here. I don't yeah, at like the him. mall. Yeah. <laughs> like, if my daughter's ex-boyfriend is at the mall. Can you get rid of him? Like, what was... Like, what was that conversation? (laughs) Why did so many cops come for this? I mean, it worked out in the end because then they arrested him for airing um, underage porn, like Mm -hmm. kiddie porn, uh, which was actually uh, Ben Affleck douche sleeping with the his character sleeping with Trish, who's underage. Not defaming Ben Affleck. (laughs) (laughs) The guy's fine. He gives us really grumpy Batman memes. I love it. Okay. The man having the worst time in the world. Um but so it worked out that all these cops were there, but like why how did they all get there and why? Yeah. (laughs) That's my question. Yeah. So yeah, so there's a few things about this movie I'm not a fan of. I'm not a fan of the father, and I'm not really a fan of the Trisha storyline. And Dan is upset that we have not yet talked about the sailboat, which I agree is like absolutely one of the oh my god probably the best. So, so raise your why? hand if you could actually see the magic eye things. I think we asked this at the end of the last episode, but we're like, were you one of the? I I just I maybe once no. have seen the magic eye things. Even worse, apparently. In so so if you have not seen this movie, there is a character who spends the entire movie trying to see the sailboat (laughs) in the magic eye. And everyone who walks by is like, Oh, it's a sailboat. Oh, it's a sailboat. And then one kid's like, Oh, it's a schooner. (laughs) He's like, ha it's a sailboat, but a schooner is a sailboat. So it it really doesn't work out well for him. But apparently the actual, the actual picture is not even a magic eye. There's actually like no sail. So they didn't even give him like a real magic eye to stare at for the entire movie, which makes me so sad. (laughs) Oh, why is it? However, was printed and i don't know if it's not actually magic it's literally just like geometric shapes they were just like it's just a it's not a magic eye but how it translates on the screen it looked like it to me my eyes interpret it as it was like moving and it made me nauseous yeah i'm like it's not even a real magic eye and it still made me sick to my stomach (laughs) (laughs) well yeah so that that part is absolutely fantastic and that character is awesome and uh, yeah I, I, like I said every single character in this movie is fantastic with exception of maybe Trisha and the dad <laughs> those are my those well, are my two Trisha's fine yeah it's, it's not just, her character it's her storyline it, it's her storyline that concerns me she's actually great she's smart she's intelligent she's like hyper intelligent yeah and takes shit from nobody like yeah. she has all of these idiot boys in this movie like under control yeah <laughs> Which is yeah. hilarious. I know. She's totally um, fine with being like, oh, yeah, I'll run home and get that tape for you. The, she doesn't even have her driver's okay. license. And she just, like, borrows a car and drives home. And yeah. Yeah. She's pretty She's pretty awesome. So I um, think my one other big question, other than why was there blanks 
in the musket Mm -hmm. why why did all the cops show up and most importantly why was the head of mall security wearing a little riviera straw boat hat i don't know because none of the other mall security guys had it no i don't know he was just meant to look crazy meant to like i I don't know yeah like every time i'm like but why (laughs) i mean mall security people in real life and in every single movie are always like a little off so maybe it was just like it made him feel a little off that's my um yeah yeah well we're near the end but we haven't talked about jaws in this movie and paul's dropping in some uh some facts for us to remember oh fun but um so and i actually didn't notice this until after when i was reading facts but the well i noticed so the the ts's amazing plan is he was originally going to propose to brandy at universal and he wanted to be able to propose to her in front of the jaws ride of which i don't think is actually at universal anymore which breaks my heart because i still would have absolutely loved to be on that ride so correct me if i'm wrong but i don't think it's there anymore but apparently um brody is named after the main character in jaws which is one of the favorite films of kevin smith and not just brody brody uh ts's last name quince quint is uh, is also a reference to jaws and brandy is also so like there's a few of the characters so the main characters yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. Awesome. and they do end up getting married at like at the ride so they don't on the jaws ride on the jaws yeah. ride so it does it does boat. work out at the end but again i like i just feel like kevin smith and us would be friends because he's just clever yeah. and he's clever in that like he i'm likes sure it took canadians. he likes canadians i'm sure it took him forever to like to just think through like dialogue that's so clever and have to like I, that's one thing I've never like I I feel like both of us are pretty good at writing character dialogue I'll give that to us yeah we, but connecting it all and like a lot it's like pulling you should write in the references <laughs> yeah pulling in the references I feel like would be tricky like because that With this movie it's that he keeps getting the dialogue very smoothly keeps bringing back like some running gag from earlier in the movie. Like the kid that gets, so the clip we watched at the beginning, the kid, by the way, does get stuck in the escalator. Yeah, it comes back later. It's fantastic. It. <laughs> in the background. I mean, it's not funny like, that a child gets hurt <laughs> and they don't show it. They don't show it. But it's hilarious because yeah. Brody's been screaming about this the whole movie. And he doesn't even notice it. when it, Like they literally are just like security guards running in the background screaming that there's a kid caught in the escalator and it's fantastic. <laughs> He's in the middle of one it's of his just, like unraveling yeah. moments. They're just like running yeah. by in the background. Like you could you could totally miss it if you're not paying attention, which is amazing. Yes. Oh, Dan saying that they do have Jaws at Universal and LA oh, still. Okay. I knew that because I watched uh or saw or heard a podcast with Trixie Mattel, who <laughs> was mentioning that she loves that ride at Universal. <laughs> Well, you're so random just listen to that like yesterday so i i knew that even though i've never been <laughs> well J- josh is with you nat um that just, he says stop don't view that plot hole it keeps us keeps us from going insane from things like blanks in a musket <laughs> yeah yeah it's true you just gotta look away from the plot hole sometimes like blanks in a although i will say again i mean it's uh, funny because it makes me talk about it like yeah. i can't let it go why <laughs> but i also just don't understand why guns so you know <laughs> Yeah. I, I have a lot of struggle with that one. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> I think quite a few of us do, but mm-hmm. that's that's fair. Mm-hmm. Blanks. Blanks. So, what do we rate it this week, Tater Tots? Get your ratings in. Yeah. Maybe it's sailboats, you know, because <laughs> it could be a sailboat rating. I had a hard time with this one, and I still. I mean, our rating system is entirely pretend. So, let's just start by saying that. But I feel like it's really difficult because. A lot of what, ma- well, no, I take it back. I was going to say a lot of what makes me love this movie is the nostalgia of it. Like both my memories of wa- of watching it originally, yeah. how quotable it is, and the quotes that still are in my head 24-7. And, and the like thinking back to how awesome it was to spend all of that time at the mall. But then yeah. now that we've talked about it in detail, I actually think it's just very well written. So I, I stand by, I stand by the rating. So- <laughs> At the beginning, Katie and I were discussing before we logged on, it, yeah. like, should it be three potatoes? I'm like, I'm giving it a whole potato just for the writing. 
Yeah. Just for yeah. the dialogue. And for Kevin Smith being like, the women are going to get the fastest, the wittiest, the best dialogue. Yeah. Though I do love Jason Lee, like Brody's complete and total utter chaos on the dating show. I love that. Like all of yeah. that was funny. The All of the dating show stuff was funny. I mean, it just. Oh, so good. I don't know. And I have to say at the end funny. of the movie, like I know the premise <laughs> of the movie opens up on or not the premise, but the plot of the movie opens up on the uh, TS and Brandy getting, breaking up and then getting back together. But for me, it was when Brody got back together with mm-hmm. his girlfriend. And I'm yes. like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm and like, finally, see, he can be a better person. <laughs> and finally once, yeah, I know that's because you and I were just like, whatever with TS. <laughs> we're like, we're in it for Brody. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, Dan, Dan says in spite of earlier conversations where he was like, I don't know, we'll, we'll see. He gives it, he gives it five Cinnabons. We didn't, uh, <laughs> We didn't convince Paul. Paul's only at two two sailboats, so Paul can pick the next movie. <laughs> this was not this is not one. We'll have to see if we convince Josh. Josh didn't. Josh hasn't watched this one yet, but is a big fan of Degrassi, so maybe we can talk him into it. I feel like if you're a fan of Degrassi, you should at least give Kevin Smith a chance. <laughs> well, we already kind of teased it, but we were we're at, we're at four. I was like, it's so funny when I was originally like starting to watch it and feeling like the feels of, of the nostalgia hitting me. I was like, I don't know, maybe it's like a two and a half. Cause it's not really like, it's like, it's not like the best movie, but I just really like no. it. But then, yeah, yeah. now that we talked about it, I feel, I feel good about a four. I feel good. I feel good about a four. I mean, one <laughs> potato is not for the movie, but just for the writing. Yeah. <laughs> just I just love, a, I love a fast paced, like, I wish that everyone actually spoke like that and no one really does or very few people do, but I really, I would like to live in a world where that is the level of dialogue that we have with each other, wherever it is, small or otherwise. I remember when Gilmore Girls came out because they also have that really fast dialogue and a lot of movie references and the sort of wit in their dialogue between mother and daughter or grandmother, mother and daughter. Anyway however it goes and i remember somebody saying like yeah but it's so unrealistic nobody talks like that i'm like hmm. Ooh, well we do <laughs> we, we'd like to think we do maybe we don't i mean we're not like. super funny i mean we do funny things but not usually on purpose true story. Yeah. true story i might have to post one of my outtakes so i was um i think i was recording the fun facts i'm trying to catch up on my fun facts video this week because i'm on vacation this week <laughs> I'm on like staycation. And uh, so I've been doing really well. I think I have like something like 10 movies left to do facts for, which seems like a lot, but is doable. But anyway, so I was doing, I was doing the like three facts that you might not know about this movie. And I literally whacked myself in the face. <laughs> and I was like, I'll keep going. I'm like, no, I won't. <laughs> Stop. So it, uh, yeah, it's a really epic. Ble- we now have bloopers on our fun facts. So <laughs> nice. we're moving up in the world. We're moving up in the world. Well, Josh says, uh, that he hasn't seen the movie yet, but we he's giving us five escalators for convincing nice. him to watch it. We'll take it. We'll take it. There should be an escalator emoji. I feel like that's really missing in the world. All right. Do well, we have escalators. I know. You know so it's so funny. We, there are some escalators left. There are still malls left in our area, although they're not like they're not like actual malls to me. But the yeah. airport still has an escalator. So my kids, like, have not been on an escalator very often. And Scarlett is very nervous around them. Like, she's like the kid that's like, I don't know what's going to I don't know what's going to happen. Stepping but not. Like, yeah. uh, no. She's got a healthy level of fear for the escalator, which is probably I, fine. At the university that I work at, there's escalators in one of its main buildings mm. where the cla- like, where classes are. Yeah. And it's this giant escalator. It looks like something from an yeah, airport. We actually like, even call yeah. the lobby... Like the lobby, I don't know if kids still call it that, but the lobby used to be called the airport for that university because it looks like an airport. And the escalator, when it would get a lot of use, say around like 3.30 when classes would let, like the afternoon classes would let out, Mm -hmm. there'd be like thousands of people using this escalator for like an hour. It would take longer. Like if you could just like run up or down the like 15 flights in the building, it was much faster than taking the escalator. But there's so many, so many people and so much weight on the escalators, they would stop. Like they would just break down with everybody on it. So when you're on it and it's like you're squished like sardines on this escalator and you have to like death grip onto the the side, like the railing of it, because you know, you know, by like 415, that 
thing is going to stop and everybody's going to pitch forward. Don't, no. And it's so <laughs> big and it's so steep. <laughs> like, it's a miracle nobody has killed themselves on these things. Yeah. Well, you can't well, sit on them. <laughs> as we've learned from classes are good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I think we had already decided that next week is Death Becomes Her. Yeah. You're in for, your, the, yeah. for the outfit of it all. So I we'll do that. But but if anyone has ideas for the following week, we can definitely we can get out ahead. We can get out ahead of things. <laughs> I definitely am gonna go down a um a path and watch at least Dogma because now that I've seen this one, I'm like, nah, I need yeah. to rewatch Dogma. I remember Dogma the most, but that's probably because it's the newest. I need to rewatch Chasing Amy. I think I was never a huge Chasing Amy fan. I definitely preferred Clerks and Mallrats to chasing me but i can give another chance i could be uh could be swayed i could be swayed his favorite is dogma which is not surprising for (laughs) for his personality yeah i think i think most people's favorite was dogma if i remember correctly i actually also really like clerks too i've never seen clerks three which maybe is okay or maybe i'm missing something yeah there's a three i think it's newer so like new like fairly recent um yeah, I, I love before. Clerks 3. Jay does this whole Buffalo Bill thing that gets me every time. It is so funny and so like out of pocket. There's no reason for that scene to be in there. <laughs> like it's just, it's like Rosaria Dawson is doing something in the fast food restaurant and then there might have been a goat anyways. I don't remember. And then oh, there was a- it just, it just like flashes to, oh, a donkey was it? I can't remember. I literally the last time I saw Clerks Two was in theaters when it came out. Yeah, so I, I feel like Clerks Two. But I like... remember it cuts to like behind the fast food restaurant and Jason Mewes is just doing his full Buffalo Bill, and I'm like, what? Oh, there you <laughs> go, Clerks. So good. Clerks Three came out only two years ago, so we're, I'm, oh. it's, so I'm about ready to watch it because I can't like if it's too new, we can't, I can't see that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see. That. Okay, well, so next week is Death Becomes Her. If you have not seen this one, I don't. It has. I've either not seen it or it's been a very, very long time since I've seen it. I the last I, time I saw it was most definitely on VHS. Okay, rental. so I may not have seen this one. So this could be an. I don't feel me. like you have. It I was have. a donkey show in Kirk. It was a do- yeah. I was gonna say I was pretty <laughs> sure it was a sex donkey something. So yeah. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll have to watch Clerks three at some point too. So all right. Well, next yeah. week death becomes her. And thank you so much for hanging out with us for the Mall Rats episode. Uh, if you are listening or watching later, you can always join us most Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern on YouTube to hang out in our live studio audience where we take awesome requests like Mall Rats. So great job, Dan. Thanks for sharing that one. Uh, we still have to get Val to give us a request because she wasn't on tonight. But she, I feel like if Val has... Has like seen what movie it. have you watched Val? It's gonna, yeah, Val has seen it it's going to be a good one so because she does not use her time that way so I, I feel like we need to get a Val request in um, we need another Paul request too and we need some Josh requests we have we have some updated requests we've got to collect in but next week will be uh, Death Becomes Her and you can listen or watch wherever you'd like and you can swing by our new website thevhsclubpod.com leave us a voicemail no one has, even though I ask every single week on all of my shows, because all of my shows have voicemail. Paul <laughs> no promised us a hundred voicemails this week. We I did know, not get them. I didn't Paul. get any. Paul's been working really hard this week, so I can't really judge him. So I, he's that's okay. He's he's doing other. Bad. He's doing other more important things. And Val has a gig tonight, so she's also doing more important things. Uh, but they'll catch up afterwards and send in their movie review by voicemail. I know. Uh, you know what? So we we should see a Dane request. So Dane. Uh, who I, I don't think is listening exactly. or watching right now, Dane will immediately choose Gattaca. That is like one of Dane's yeah. favorite movie. I don't or even know. It's, I don't even know yeah, it's Dane's favorite movie. But every time, so Dane is the person that he'll say something like, "Hey, would you like to watch a movie tonight?" And to normal people who are not Dane and Katie, that would mean like one of the newer movies. But not Dane. Dane has a very specific list, and it is. Yeah very bizarre so like you know how we have a movie list that we're working our way through he's got one that's probably close to that length but it is a oh it's a wild ride like it's got it's got all every possible thing like he's at brand new things things that are very strange things that are you know black and white movies and he's got like he's he is probably the most foreign films he is much he's a much 
better person than I am. <laughs> He's got a very specific list of movies. So yeah, we should also, definitely. Also, fact, Dean hates horror movies of any genre of like gore and horror. But every once in a while, he'll find like a really good trailer to a movie that he mm. knows Katie and I will love. Yeah. So he'll like, he's such a mensch, he'll send it to us. You know? like, he's Knowing that like, I'll never watch the trailer. And then, like, and then we'll watch the Horrifying. I and think you watch... girls will love it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. And then we'll watch the movie later and I'll be like, wow, I didn't even know about this movie. And he'll be like, I sent you the trailer for this. Yeah, so that's uh, so that's Dane's choices. But yeah, well, I will, Dan. I will ask him what is at the top of his list, and maybe we can even convince him to come on an episode to to um, to review with us. So, um, yeah. Oh no, Josh can't find the voicemail thing. All right, well, I'll have, we'll have to put drop the link in so that we can, you can click right through to leave a voicemail because that would be really fun. All right, friends. Well, we are going to jump off. We're we just we're having too much fun tonight, but we will see you <laughs> next week, 9 p.m. Eastern here on YouTube if you're hanging out for the live recording. Otherwise, we'll catch you wherever and whenever you want to listen to us. <laughs> we'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>